How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me slash growth. 180! 180! Hot, hot. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Locked on NFL Draft. I am Kyle Krabs, your co-host and director of scouting and NDT Scouting. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Joe Marino, who is the senior scouting consultant at NDT Scouting. We are down here live at the Senior Bowl. We will be here through the game on Saturday. We are really looking forward to giving you guys our live reactions. But today is a very special day. We are joined by a special guest, Mr. John Owning, the NFL content editor at FanRag Sports. Uh, John has been a very integral piece of our coverage of the Senior Bowl so far this year. Uh, Joe and I are very thankful to have had him along with us on the trip. Uh, We're looking forward to letting John help us summarize Day 3 and the Senior Bowl practices in general. John, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's been a great time. Spending time watching film, watching the players down here in Mobile, Alabama. Couldn't be a better experience. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's going to be a fun show here because the intent is to get into the prospects that were the best here in, in Mobile. We've got about uh, 20 hours of, of practice that we've watched uh, between live, in person, at the uh, Lad People Stadium, taking in the practices, and then we spent a considerable amount of time in the Exos film room, watching the coaches' tape, seeing who really won the one-on-one battles, and, the, and what we're going to do today is get into the 10 best. So uh, we're going to have a roundtable discussion here. And we have a, a list of the, of the 10 best players, and we're going to kind of get into those guys and why they were the best players on the field this week. So uh, to get things started, let's get it right back over to John Oning for his number one standout. The first guy I want to highlight is defensive end Derek Rivers out of Youngstown State. He's a guy I actually wrote about today for FanRag Sports. He has an explosive get-off, and you can really see him really stress an offensive tackle set with his speed. And then you see him have that ability to, you know, bend the corner, contort his body, reduce that surface area that you need to bend around that edge and then flatten to the quarterback to get the sack. And he's also done surprisingly well setting the edge against the bigger offensive tackles here. He's shown really good hand placement, good uh, leverage. He gets into the backfield well. He sheds. He's just looked really, really, really impressive to me so far. What about you, Kyle? The first guy that I think I need to take some time and talk about is Florida linebacker Alex Anzalone. Uh, Anzalone is a player that I'm fairly familiar with. I know I've had a chance to talk to him uh, a bit throughout the, the intros and, and the, to the Senior Bowl and some of the shows that we've done recapping some of the other practices. But, oh, my goodness, he is well, – if he's healthy – you know, and this is a, a discussion I've had with a number of people that are here, uh, people in the media, 
uh, people who, who do draft forecasting and evaluation. Uh, if he's healthy, I think he's in conversation for potentially being a top 50, top 60 player in the draft. Uh, the problem with him, and I just got done writing a piece for FanRag Sports as well on Anzalone, is he can't seem to put a full year together where he's able to stay healthy. Uh, unfortunately, he does have some shoulder issues. He, he has to wear a shoulder harness. He's worn that since high school. Um, he had a red shirt as a sophomore uh, as a result of a shoulder injury. He was in line to start and, and then had to uh, red shirt that year and come back and, and re-enter the starting lineup. Started eight games before a broken forearm against Arkansas robbed him of the last four games of the year. Uh, but the movement skills... Uh, the size that he has, the hitting power that he has, uh, he checks all those boxes, Joe. And I have a feeling, I know you, you like your defensive linemen, so i got a feeling you're going to preview us on another guy with some hitting skills in his own right. Yeah, you know me. I, I can't seem to stop talking about uh, defensive linemen and interior front seven guys in general. So uh, let's just uh, fit that narrative for me. Uh, and the guy that I like best this week has been Iowa defensive lineman Jaleel Johnson. Uh, you want to talk about a stud football player, just watch this guy. Uh, really a, a refined player in terms of what he does with his hands, getting off the ball, uh, working his hand techniques, got a lot of power, uh, a lot of quickness to work past blocks and disengage, and he's just under control. Everything that he does is natural. The way that he comes off the ball, beating blocks is just something that just comes, you can tell it's second nature to him. It's just, it comes easy. Uh, he, he registered uh, what a, a, some kind of 19 miles an hour uh, from the, uh, the velocity score from the, you know, they, they're testing, you know, the fastest movements on the field and he's at 19 miles an hour. That's unbelievable for a man of his size. So uh, let's uh, not be surprised here if we don't see Jaleel Johnson start uh, appearing in mock drafts and uh, make it a, a case to be the second best defensive tackle in this class right behind Alabama's John Allen. Yeah, Joe, while Jaleel Johnson has been great, to me the best interior defensive lineman has been UCLA's Eddie Vanderose. He's another guy that I highlighted on FanRag Sports yesterday, and he's a guy that's had a very turbulent collegiate career. Going into UCLA, he actually he actually signed a national letter of intent with Notre Dame and had to go through a long and arduous um, appeals process to actually come back to play at UCLA. And after he had a stellar freshman and sophomore season, he had to deal with a torn ACL his junior year and a myriad of um, ankle injuries his senior year. So this is the first time he's really been able to be truly healthy, and we really see that explosiveness that we saw his freshman and sophomore year. Um, the reason he's been able to really be that spark plug, shade and nose. You know, he really projects well to those one gap defenses. He gets upfield. He has the leverage. He has the hand placement. He has the power. He has the pass rush moves. He's just been a guy that's really stood out no matter who he's going against on the other side of the ball. I'm going to move things off the defensive line. I know we got a bunch of line junkies here. Uh, I played defensive end. Joe played some defensive end. Uh, John is a pass rusher savant, so he, he loves him too. Um, but let's talk about a guy who played the edge, who's playing somewhere else. Temple's Hassan Reddick, I think, is a name that we need to talk quite a bit about. Uh, I'm a little ashamed. I have to get something off my chest here. Uh, I live in Philadelphia, which is... Temple plays their home games in Philadelphia. And I had seen probably six quarters of Hassan Reddick before the Senior Bowl. And I'm ashamed. Because when you watch him, uh, the, the overall versatility that he brings, I think you could legitimately play him in any scheme. He looks like he could play 3-4 inside linebacker. 
if you're playing a Minnesota-style defense, you could put him at an Anthony Barr-style will and let him run and be free in pursuit and get some pass rush reps. Uh, if you play a Dallas-style 4-3 under, you can have him up on the line of scrimmage, beating the hell out of tight ends and, and working in space and setting the edge in the run. Uh, he does all of these things very well. He can work off the second level. You've seen it in the, the blitz periods where he, uh, he's attacking running backs and he's very aggressive 245 pounds and very fluid. His hips move very well. I think he is probably uh, one of the few names that I think has added the most money to their wallet as far as potential gains from where they started the week to where they are. Uh, This is exactly why this event is in place, for players like Hassan Reddick to come in and really essentially dominate in the front seven, he has been all over the place. The flow he's shown is, is very good. Uh, he reads his keys. He cross keys when he's asked to. Uh, a player that I really like and I'm really looking forward to digging into his tape now that I know what he can do. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, on the offensive side of the ball, actually, and, and we've got to get into Alabama tight end O.J. Howard. Uh, he stole the show almost immediately, starting with the weigh-ins where he checked in tall, long, with the broad shoulders and the long arms, and you just look at this guy and say, oh, he he's should be able to dominate on his physical ability alone, and then he gets on the practice field on Tuesday, and uh, I'm not sure there was a more dominant player in any one practice than what we saw from O.J. Howard on Tuesday. Uh, he, number one, is, is a, an athletic mismatch in terms of his route running, his ability to create separation, a good uh, ability to attack the football and, and, and catch it and provide the quarterback a massive catch radius. Struggled a few drops on, uh, on Wednesday, but then that seemed to clean up on Thursday. And then you, you're reminded again when watching him in one-on-one drills that this is the best blocking college football uh, tight end that there is. And this guy creates a ton of movement. He anchors well. He can drive people off the ball. He can make blocks in space. So pretty much uh, when, you, when you put a tight end in, you know, in, in the machine to create tight ends, you get O.J. Howard and, and then more athletic ability than you can even bargain for. So uh, this is a player that I think maybe throughout the process we thought there was a first-round guy. Maybe he's a top-20 guy. Now I think he's like a top-7 to 12 guy. And, and, and this is going to be a guy that I think that anybody in the NFL is going to really Really struggle to run hip to hip with this guy and cover his frame down the field. He's going to be a really, really productive player. Now, I know you guys were trying to pull it away from the trench, but I'm going to bring it right back in with Western Michigan's Taylor Martin. In this draft class, we, it is a really thin offensive tackle class, and nobody has really set themselves apart. Well, Taylor Martin has set himself apart down here in Mobile. He has the best anchor here. If anybody tries to rush him down the middle, he's going to set, sink his hips, he's going to contort his elbows, and he's going to really sit down and anchor on those defenders. We saw that on multiple occasions. He has a little bit of trouble expanding his set points when he rushes when he goes against really quick rushers that can get on him quickly. But the thing I love about him is that you really see him working his hands. He tries to use his length the best he can. He has quick feet to recover and mirror the defenders that try to cross his face. And in a class like this, I would not be surprised to see Martin go in the second or maybe even sneak into the late first round with how thin this class is and how starved the NFL is for decent tackle prospects. Yeah, I think um, I, I turned to somebody during today's practice watching Martin in the one-on-ones and, and said, you know, watch him end up being like a Jawan James type where uh, some team with a specific need on, on the right side of the ball uh, needs an offensive tackle and they know there's scarcity there. Wouldn't be surprised at all, uh, John, for that, that scenario to play out. Uh, 
the last name, ironically enough, I just gave everybody grief for taking the position groups away from the edge rushers and the defensive linemen, but you know, here we are. It's we are what we are. Tigers don't change their stripes. Uh, Villanova's Tano Passanon, I think, and um, real quick, I know some of the listeners are telling me I'm saying that wrong. I would more than welcome you all to come on the show. Say it yourselves and, and, and help me out, please. You know, it's a tongue twister. Um, another Philadelphia guy. Uh, this guy I actually did have some background on. I had a chance in October of 2015 to go out to a Villanova football game and watched them play William and Mary. And I sent a tweet out on that day that said the three best players on the field that day were uh, William and Mary safety DeAndre Houston Carson, who is now in the NFL, uh, Passanon, who has had an excellent week of practice, getting better each and every day that he's been here, and a soon-to-be senior wide receiver at William and Mary that we're going to have to keep an eye out for next year. I'm not going to tip you guys off. Sorry, you're going to have to come back to Locked On NFL Draft and hear that. Um, passing on, I, I think the way he's improved throughout the course of the week is how assertive he's been with his inside rushes. Uh, he consistently gets across the face of offensive tackles. And the, the power and fluidity that he has when he's not trying to bend and, and rush from a traditional boundary rush track uh, gets a lot of these guys back on their heels and he's been really a a nice treat uh, to watch kind of contort the shoulders and uh, use his length to his advantage to really swipe away hands and keep himself clean so uh, I I know a number of teams have been really enamored with what they've seen from him so far this week so I hope he finishes with a huge exclamation point and scores one for small school kids uh, on Saturday at the game. I have been uh, a smiling ear-to-ear watching UConn safety Obi Melifonwu steal the show out here. You know, there's a ton of buzz right now about this guy. I put out an article uh, just this week, uh, kind of a feature-type piece, where I had a chance to speak with Obi, and, and uh, uh, both him and I kind of summarize his game and all the things that he does. Uh, so coming in, uh, checking in the week at 6'4", 219 pounds. He's a big, long safety. Uh, and, and what he's able to do on the field is just a really exciting, unique-type player that I don't think we've seen before. He's a bigger safety, and everybody wants to just plug him in in the box and say this is a, a dime linebacker that uh, – is going to be a kind of a, a force player. Well, no, that's not the case. He's a big, long, athletic safety that has coverage skills. He can line up against these big tight ends that you hear us saying are, are so good this year and all the move athletic tight ends that exist in the NFL now and the big slot receivers that uh, these offenses like to get mismatched on guys that just can't hang out with them because they're not big enough or they're not athletic enough to carry them into space and, and, and cover them one-on-one. Well, here's the, here's the ultimate chess peep. Chess piece, you know, Obi Melifano, he's long, he's athletic, and he has the coverage ability to hang and get this done. So I love the skill set that he offers. He's going to offer his scheme a ton of uh, multiplicity and what it can do and how it can align itself. And uh, he's looked really good this week. He's flying all over the football field. Uh, the thing that stands out is that he's a guy that I didn't label to be awfully physical as a play side uh, safety, but from the backside and the goal line rep, he came across the field and shut down a would-be touchdown had he not uh, shifted his way, took a great angle, popped the runner, and, and made sure that the touchdown didn't happen. So uh, a guy that was a relatively unknown player heading into the week, all of a sudden we're talking top 50. 
maybe even first-round player. So uh, get over to Draft Breakdown and watch the tape on Obi Melifondu because I think he's a special, unique football player. Now for the 10th and final guy, I appreciate you guys letting me get the fourth, the fourth player. is a guy that I'm surprised none of you have mentioned yet. It's Michigan's Chris Wormley. Now coming into this week, I'm going to admit, I was drinking a little bit of the haterade on Chris Wormley. I watched him a little bit on tape, saw two games, and I was... Not very impressed. He was a good player, obviously. Very fundamentally sound, but I didn't see anything that really stood out to me that really made me think that his projection was really a top 50 player. Well, that's changed tenfold this week. Chris Wormley lining up. He can play five-tech. He can even reduce down the three-tech and nickel or if he plays on an even front. But he plays with fantastic uh, leverage when he gets off the ball. He plays with good pad level, good hand placement. One On one play when we were dissecting in the XOS film room, you saw Chris Wormley execute a beautiful swim move where you see him grab with that left hand right over the shoulder, turn his shoulders, bring his arm through, have his feet connected with his hands, and get to the quarterback. And furthermore, in the, run, in, in the inside run periods, he is the only defensive lineman that has given Dan Feeney fits. Dan, now, we all know Dan Feeney is a butt kicker in the run game, for lack of a better term. And Chris Wormley has brought it to him on each and every snap that they have gone against each other. You just see his ability to play with, use his length, play with leverage, and just really be able to press, get into the backfield, and make plays. Now, he's a guy that I think at the NFL Combine, he can make himself a lot of money. If he can prove that he has... Good, athletic, good enough athleticism to maybe play in even fronts and odd fronts, two gap and one gap. He's a guy that I can see sneak into the later half of the first round. Whoa, yeah. So I'm not going to give you the last one if you're going to talk about Chris Wormley. I got to talk about Isaac Rochelle. We're going to talk about defensive linemen, uh, guys that have played, you know, like Wormley. Uh, I think I've watched a good deal of Wormley over the course of 2015-2016, and I I think it's fair to say that that he has been playing out of position somewhat, which has limited what you watch on his tape and what gets you excited about him. Uh, Rochelle, for me, is the same way. They've played him a lot um, of of times in a position where I feel like it takes away from his strengths, where uh, this week has been a great opportunity for him to showcase – He's not rocked up like some of these other guys. Like I know we when we were sitting there at the weigh-ins, he came through and he said, "Oh well, his body's not quite as you know filled out as some of the other defensive linemen and football players in general that walked across the stage." But then you get him out there on the practice field, and okay, yeah, you could see real real quick. Like it, you don't need to be rocked up like that to be a good football player, and um, you know Rochelle has has beat almost. Anybody and everybody that he's lined across, lined up across in some way, shape, or form throughout the course of the week. He understands how to make sudden lateral shifts with his frame, you know, set up a punch strike zone for somebody and then shift out of that quickly while keeping his surface area at a minimum, utilizing his hands. He gets good run fits. He understands how to press and disengage with quickness. And uh, I think Rochelle, uh, like Wormley, to be fair to John, I think uh, both of those two guys have done a very nice job utilizing this platform as a way to show teams, hey, this is what we were asked to do in college, but this is what you can expect if you ask us and put us in a position to do what we do absolutely best, and here it is. And uh, just to kind of recap our list of 10 that turned into 11, we have uh, Youngstown uh, State Edge Derek Rivers, Iowa defensive tackle Jaleel Johnson, Florida linebacker Alex Anzalone, UCLA defensive lineman Eddie Vanderdose, 
Alabama tight end O.J. Howard. We have Temple linebacker Hassan Reddick. We have Western Michigan offensive tackle Taylor Moton, the UConn safety Obi Melifanwu, the Villanova defensive lineman, wish me luck here, guys, Tano Kampasignan. And we have uh, Notre Dame defensive lineman Isaac Rochelle and Chris Wormley out of Michigan. So a really nice crop of football players. A lot of other good standouts, but these were uh, the consensus among us, the trio that you heard analyze here. The best uh, 11 players that we saw on the football field will be anxious to see what happens in the Senior Bowl game and see if if those players turn outstanding practice weeks into you know some splash plays in the game. Uh, that is going to do it for us today on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. A special thanks to uh, John Owning for joining us and offering some insight. Make sure that you're keeping up with John. John is a is an excellent analyst. He has a good football mind. You can tell he really understands the game. And uh, those are the type of people that when you can say those things are are true about them, you've got to stay connected to what they're doing and the takes that they have. Make sure you're following John on Twitter. He is at John Owning, and that's no that's uh, that's with an H. So we have at John Owning, J O H N O W N I N G. Give the man a foul. He knows what he's talking about. And, uh, you know, while you're at it, make sure you're following Kyle and I. Kyle is at NDT Scouting. I am at the Joe Marino. We have Facebook. We're trying to get this thing going. Uh, Kyle and I are, are uh, working hard to get our Facebook uh, page rolling, and uh, we've got some some videos. We did a lot of prospect interviews this week that are exclusive to our Facebook page. So make sure that you're going over there, seeing us talk to these uh, top NFL draft prospects. We are going to be back again at some point. Maybe we'll throw an extra episode in to cover the Senior Bowl game. Well, no, we don't know yet, but uh, <laughs> we, we, we probably will. We've got a full week ahead of us next week, and uh, just uh, it's full draft season, right? You know, it's. It really feels like it's here. It's always here, but it really feels like it's here now that we've uh, uh, done the Senior Bowl practices. Uh, Keep it right here on Lockdown NFL Draft. We are your on-demand source for NFL Draft audio content. Signing off for John Owning and Kyle Krabs, I'm Joe Marino, and we're Locked On NFL Draft. Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast on the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day. Napa know how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99 cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know how. Napa know how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 1031 17.